Hi everyone, this is Robert. Welcome to The Well-Told Tale. Every week we bring you the finest science fiction and fantasy stories ever written. And welcome to the 100th edition of the podcast of The Well-Told Tale. I would like to thank everyone who has supported me on this venture so far, particularly my patrons on patreon.com. Thank you. This remains a passion project for me, sharing these wonderful stories as widely as I can for free to those who love them already and those to whom they are completely new. And to celebrate the 100th episode, we have a tale decided on by my patrons. And as a first for the well-told tale, it's a poem, The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Though a poem and an excellent one at that, this is a stirring story of life and death and tragedy and consequences narrated by the ancient mariner himself. It is rightly considered a classic. It's time to pull up a chair, relax and enjoy The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Part 1 It is an ancient mariner, and he stoppeth one of three. By thy long grey beard and thy glittering eye, now wherefore stoppest me? The bridegroom's doors are opened wide, and I am next of kin. The guests are met, the feast is set, mayst hear the merry din. But still he holds the wedding guest. There was a ship, quoth he. Nay, if thou'st got a laughsome tale, mariner, come with me. He holds him with his skinny hand, quoth he, there was a ship. Now get thee hence, thou greybeard loon, or my staff shall make thee skip. He holds him with his glittering eye, the wedding guest stood still, and listens like a three years child, the mariner hath his will. The wedding guest sat on a stone, he cannot choose but hear, and thus spake on that ancient man, the bright-eyed marineer. The ship was cheered, the harbour cleared, merrily did we drop, below the kirk, below the hill, below the lighthouse top. The sun came up upon the left, out of the sea came he, and he shone bright, and on the right went down into the sea. Higher and higher every day, till over the mast at noon the wedding guest here beat his breast, for he heard the loud bassoon. The bride hath paced into the hall, red as a rose is she, nodding their heads before her goes the merry minstrelsy. The wedding guest he beat his breast, yet he cannot choose but hear, and thus spake on that ancient man, the bright-eyed marineer. Listen, stranger, storm and wind, a wind and tempest strong, for days and weeks it played us freaks like chaff we drove along. Listen, stranger, mist and snow, and it grew wondrous cold, and ice mast high came floating by, as green as emerald. And through the drifts the snowy clifts did send a dismal sheen. Nay, shapes of men, nay, beasts we ken, the ice was all between. The ice was here, the ice was there, the ice was all around. It cracked and growled and roared and howled like noises of a swound. 
At length did cross an albatross, through the fog it came, and an it were a Christian soul, we hailed it in God's name. The mariners gave it biscuit worms, and round and round it flew, the ice did split with a thunder fit, the helmsman steered us through. And a good south wind sprung up behind, the albatross did follow, and every day for food or play came to the mariner's hollow. In mist or cloud, on mast or shroud, it perched for vespers nine, whiles all the night through fog-smoke white glimmered the white moonshine. God save thee, ancient mariner, from the fiends that plague thee thus, why look'st thou so? With my crossbow. I shot the albatross. Part 2 The sun came up upon the right, out of the sea came he, and broad as a weft upon the left went down into the sea, and the good south wind still blew behind, but no sweet bird did follow, nay, any day for food or play came to the mariner's hollow, and I had done an hellish thing, and it would work em woe, for all averred I had killed the bird that made the breeze to blow. Nay, dimly red, like God's own head, the glorious sun uprist, then all averred I had killed the bird that brought the fog and mist. Twas right, said they, such birds to slay that bring the fog and mist. The breezes blew, the white foam flew, the furrow followed free. We were the first that ever burst into that silent sea. Down dropped the breeze, the sails dropped down, Twas sad as sad could be, and we did speak only to break the silence of the sea. All in a hot and copper sky, the bloody sun at noon, Right up above the mast did stand, no bigger than the moon. Day after day, day after day, we struck nay breath nay motion, As idle as a painted ship upon a painted ocean. Water, water everywhere, and all the boards did shrink, Water, water everywhere! Nay, any drop to drink. The very deeps did rot. Oh, Christ, that ever this should be! Yea, slimy things did crawl with legs upon the slimy sea. About, about, in reel and rout, the death-fires danced at night. The water, like a witch's oils, burnt green and blue and white. And some in dreams assured were of the spirit that plagued us so. Nine fathom deep he had followed us from the land of mist and snow, and every tongue through utter drouth was withered at the root. We could not speak no more than if we had been choked with soot. Ah, well a day, what evil looks had I from old and young. Instead of the cross, the albatross about my neck was hung. Part 3 I saw a something in the sky, no bigger than my fist. At first it seemed a little speck, and then it 
seemed a mist. It moved and moved, and took at last a certain shape, I wist. A speck, a mist, a shape, I wist, and still it nerd and nerd, and, and it dodged a water sprite. It plunged and tacked and veered. With throat unslacked, with black lips baked, nay, could we laugh, nay, wail. Then, well, through drouth all dumb they stood, I bit my arm and sucked the blood and cried, A sail, a sail! With throat unslacked, with black lips baked, agape they heard me call. Gramercy! They for joy did grin, and all at once their breath drew in, as they were drinking all. She doth not tack from side to side, hither to work us wheel, withouten wind, withouten tide, she steadies with an upright keel. The western wave was all aflame, the day was well nigh done. Almost upon the western wave rested the broad, bright sun, when that strange shape drove suddenly betwixt us and the sun. And straight the sun was flecked with bars, heaven's mother send us grace, as if through a dungeon grate he peered with broad and burning face. Alas! thought I, and my heart beat loud, how fast she nears and nears. Are those her sails that glance in the sun like restless gossamers? Are these her naked ribs which flecked the sun that did behind them peer? And are these two all, all the crew, that woman and her fleshless sphere? His bones were black, with many a crack, all black and bare, I ween, jet black and bare, save where with rust of mouldy damps and charnel crust, they're patched with purple and green. Her lips are red, her looks are free, her locks are yellow as gold, her skin is as white as leprosy, and she is far like a death than he, her flesh makes the still air cold. The naked hulk alongside came, and the twain were playing dice. The game is done, I've won, I've won, quoth she, and whistled thrice. A gust of wind stirred up behind, and whistled through his bones, through the holes of his eyes and the hole of his mouth, half whistles and half groans. With never a whisper in the sea, off darts the spectre ship, while clomb above the eastern bar the horned moon with one bright star almost atween the tips, one after one by the horned moon. Listen, O oh stranger, to me. Each turned his face with a ghastly pang, and cursed me with his e. Four times fifty living men, with never a sigh or groan, with heavy thump, a lifeless lump, they dropped down one by one. Their souls did from their bodies fly, they fled to bliss or woe, and every soul it passed me by, like the whiz of my crossbow. Part 4 I fear thee, ancient mariner, I fear thy skinny hand, and thou art long and lank and brown, as is the ribbed sea sand. 
I fear thee and thy glittering eye and thy skinny hand so brown. Fear not, fear not, thou wedding guest, this body dropped not down. Alone, alone, all, all alone, alone on the wide, wide sea, and Christ would take no pity on my soul in agony. The many men so beautiful, and they all dead did lie, and a million, million slimy things lived on, and so did I. I looked upon the rotting sea and drew my eyes away. I looked upon the eldritch deck, and there the dead men lay. I looked to heaven and tried to pray, but, or ever a prayer had gushed, a wicked whisper came and made my heart as dry as dust. I closed my lids and kept them closed, till the balls like pulses beat, for the sky and the sea and the sea and the sky lay like a load on my weary eye, and the dead were at my feet. The cold sweat melted from their limbs, nay rot, nay reek did they, the look with which they looked on me had never passed away. An orphan's curse would drag to hell a spirit from on high, but, oh, more horrible than that is the curse in a dead man's eye. Seven days, seven nights I saw that curse, and yet I could not die. The moving moon went up the sky, and nowhere did abide. Softly she was going up, and a star or two beside. Her beams bemocked the sultry main, like morning frosts he spread. But where the ship's huge shadow lay, the charmed water burned alway, a still and awful red. Beyond the shadow of the ship I watched the water-snakes. They moved in tracks of shining white, and when they reared, the elfish light fell off in hoary flakes. Within the shadow of the ship I watched their rich attire. Blue, glossy green, and velvet black, they coiled and swam, and every track was a flash of golden fire. Oh, happy living things, no tongue their beauty might declare. A spring of love gushed from my heart, and I blessed them unaware. Sure, my kind saint took pity on me, and I blessed them unaware. That self-same moment I could pray, and from my neck so free the albatross fell off and sank like lead into the sea. Part 5. Oh, sleep, it is a gentle thing, beloved from pole to pole. To Mary Queen the praise be yeven, she sent the gentle sleep from heaven that slid into my soul. The silly buckets on the deck that had so long remained, I dreamt that they were filled with dew, and when I awoke, it rained. My lips were wet, my throat was cold, my garments all were dank. Sure, I had drunken in my dreams, and still my body drank. I moved and could not feel my limbs. I was so light, almost. I thought that I had died in sleep, and was a blessed ghost. The roaring wind, it roared far off, it did not come anear, but with its sound it shook the sails that were so thin and sere. 
The upper air bursts into life, and a hundred fire-flags sheen. To and fro are hurried about, and to and fro, and in and out, the stars dance on between. The coming wind doth roar more loud, the sails do sigh like sedge. The rain pours down from one black cloud, and the moon is at its edge. Hark, hark, the thick black cloud is cleft, and the moon is at its side. Like waters shot from some high crag, the lightning falls with never a jag, a river steep and wide. The strong wind reached the ship, it roared, and dropped down like a stone. Beneath the lightning and the moon the dead men gave a groan. They groaned, they stirred, they all uprose, nay spake, nay moved their eyes. It had been strange, even in a dream, to have seen those dead men rise. The helmsman steered, the ship moved on, yet never a breeze up blew. The mariners all gan work the ropes where they were wont to do. They raised their limbs like lifeless tools. We were a ghastly crew. The body of my brother's son stood by me, knee to knee. The body and I pulled at one rope, but he said naught to me. And I quaked to think of my own voice. How frightful! it would be. The daylight dawned, they dropped their arms and clustered round the mast. Sweet sounds rose slowly through their mouths and from their bodies passed. Around, around flew each sweet sound, then darted to the sun. Slowly the sounds came back again, now mixed, now one by one. Sometimes a dropping from the sky, I heard the lavrocks sing, sometimes all little birds that are, how they seemed to fill the sea and air with their sweet jargoning. And now twas like all the instruments, now like a lonely flute, and now it is an angel's song that makes the heavens be mute. It ceased. Yet still the sails made on, a pleasant noise till noon, a noise like of a hidden brook in the leafy month of June, that to the sleeping woods all night singeth a quiet tune. Listen, oh, listen, thou wedding guest, Mariner, hast thy will, for that which comes out of thine eye doth make my body and soul to be still. Never sadder tale was told to a man of woman born, sadder and wiser, thou wedding guest, thou'lt rise to-morrow morn. Never sadder tale was heard by a man of woman born, the mariners all returned to work, as silent as before. The mariners all gan pulled the ropes, but look at me, they in old. Thought I, I am as thin as air, they cannot me behold. Till noon we silently sailed on, yet never a breeze did breathe. Slowly and smoothly went the ship, moved onward from beneath. Under the keel nine fathom deep, from the land of mist and snow, the spirit sled, and it was he that made the ship to go. The sails at noon left off their tune, and the ship stood still also. The sun Right up above the mast had fixed her to the ocean, but in a minute she gan stir with a short, uneasy motion, backwards and forwards half her length with a short, uneasy motion. 
Then, like a pouring horse let go, she made a sudden bound. It flung the blood into my head, and I fell into a sound. How long in that same fit I lay, I have not to declare. But ere my living life returned, I heard, and in my soul discerned, two voices in the air. Is it he? quoth one. Is this the man? By him who died on cross, with his cruel bow, he laid full low the harmless albatross. The spirit who bideth by himself in the land of mist and snow, he loved the bird that loved the man who shot him with his bow. The other was a softer voice, as soft as honey-dew. Quoth he, the man hath penance done, and penance more will do. Part six. But tell me, tell me, speak again, thy soft response renewing. What makes that ship drive on so fast? What is the ocean doing? Still, as a slave before his lord, the ocean hath no blast. His great bright eye most silently up to the moon is cast. If he may know which way to go, for she guides him smooth or grim, see, brother, see, how graciously she looketh down on him. But why drives on that ship so fast, withouten wave or wind? The air is cut away before, and closes from behind. Fly, brother, fly, more high, more high, or we shall be belated, for slow and slow that ship will go when the mariner's trance is abated. I woke, and we were sailing on as in a gentle weather. T'was night, calm night, the moon was high, the dead men stood together. All stood together on the deck for a charnel dungeon fitter, all fixed on me their stony eyes that in the moon did glitter. The pang, the curse with which they died, had never passed away. I could not draw my e'en from theirs, nay turn them up to pray, and in its time the spell was snapped, and I could move my e'en. I looked far forth, but little saw of what might else be seen. Like one that's on a lonely road doth walk in fear and dread, and having once turned round walks on, and turns no more his head, because he knows a frightful fiend doth close behind him tread. But soon there breathed a wind on me, nay sound, nay motion made, its path was not upon the sea, in ripple or in shade. It raised my hair, it fanned my cheek, like a meadow-gale of spring. It mingled strangely with my fears, yet it felt like a welcoming. Swiftly, swiftly flew the ship, yet she sailed softly too. Sweetly, sweetly blew the breeze on me, alone it blew. Oh, dream of joy, is this indeed the lighthouse top I see? Is this the hill? Is this the kirk? Is this... Mine own country? We drifted o'er the harbour bar, and I with sobs did pray, Oh, let me be awake, my God, oh, let me sleep away. The harbour bay was clear as glass, so smoothly was it strewn, and on the bay the moonlight lay, and the shadow of the moon. The moonlight bay was white all o'er, 
till rising from the same, full many shapes that shadows were, like as of torches came. A little distance from the prow those dark red shadows were, but soon I saw that my own flesh was red as in a glare. I turned my head in fear and dread, and by the holy rood the bodies had advanced, and now before the mast they stood. They lifted up their stiff right arms, they held them straight and tight, and each right arm burnt like a torch, a torch that's borne upright. Their stony eyeballs glittered on in the red and smoky light. I prayed and turned my head away, forth looking as before. There was no breeze upon the bay, no wave against the shore. The rock shone bright, the kirk no less that stands above the rock, the moonlight steeped in silentness, the steady weathercock. And the bay was white with silver light, till, rising from the same, full many shapes that shadows were in crimson colours came. A little distance from the prow those crimson shadows were, I turned my eyes upon the deck, oh, Christ, what saw I there? Each course lay flat, lifeless and flat, and by the holy rood a man all light, a seraph man on every course there stood. This seraph band each waved his hand. It was a heavenly sight. They stood as signals to the land, each one a lovely light. This seraph band each waved his hand, no voice did they impart, no voice but, oh, the silence sang, like music on my heart. Eftsones I heard the dash of oars, I heard the pilot's cheer, my head was turned perforce away and I saw a boat appear. Then vanished all the lovely lights, the bodies rose anew, with silent pace each to his place came back the ghastly crew, the wind that shade nor motion made on me alone it blew. The pilot and the pilot's boy, I heard them coming fast, dear Lord in heaven, it was a joy the dead men could not blast. I saw a third, I heard his voice, it is the hermit, good. He singeth loud his godly hymns that he makes in the wood. He'll shrieve my soul, he'll wash away the albatross's blood. Part 7 this hermit good lives in that wood which slopes down to the sea. How loudly his sweet voice he rears. He loves to talk with mariners that come from a far country. He kneels at morn and noon and eve. He hath a cushion plump. It is the moss that wholly hides the rotted old oak stump. The skiff boat neared. I heard them talk. Why, this is strange, I trow. Where are those lights so many and fair that signal made but now? Strange by my faith, the hermit said, and they answered not our cheer. The planks look warped, and see those sails, how thin they are and sear. I never saw aught like to them, unless perchance it were. The skeletons of leaves that lag my forest brook along, when the ivy tod is heavy with snow, and the owlet whoops to the wolf below that eats the she-wolf's young. Dear Lord, it has a fiendish look, the pilot made reply. 
I am afeard. Push on, push on, said the hermit cheerily. The boat came closer to the ship, but I nay spake nay stirred. The boat came close beneath the ship, and straight a sound was heard. Under the water it rumbled on, still louder and more dread. It reached the ship, it split the bay, the ship went down like lead. Stunned by that loud and dreadful sound which sky and ocean smote, like one that hath been seven days drowned, my body lay afloat, but swift as dreams, myself I found within the pilot's boat. Upon the whirl where sank the ship, the boat spun round and round, and all was still, save that the hill was telling of the sound. I moved my lips, the pilot shrieked and fell down in a fit, the holy hermit raised his eyes and prayed where he did sit. I took the oars, the pilot's boy, who now doth crazy go, laughed loud and long, and all the while his eyes went to and fro. Ha! ha! quoth he, full plain I see, the devil knows how to row. And now, all in mine own country, I stood on the firm land. The hermit stepped forth from the boat, and scarcely he could stand. Oh, shrieve me, shrieve me, holy man! The hermit crossed his brow. Say quick, quoth he, I bid thee say, what manner of man art thou? Forthwith this frame of mine was wrenched with a woeful agony, which forced me to begin my tale, and then it left me free. Since then, at an uncertain hour, now oft times and now fewer, that anguish comes and makes me tell my ghastly adventure. I pass like night from land to land. I have strange power of speech. The moment that his face I see, I know the man that must hear me. To him my tale I teach. What loud uproar bursts from that door? The wedding guests are there, but in the garden bower the bride and bridesmaids singing are, and hark the little vesper bell which biddeth me to prayer. O wedding guest, this soul hath been alone on a wide, wide sea. So lonely twas that God himself scarce seemed there to be. O sweeter than the marriage feast, tis sweeter far to me to walk together to the kirk with a goodly company, to walk together to the kirk and all together pray, while each to his great father bends old men and babes and loving friends and youths and maidens gay. Farewell, farewell, but this I tell to thee, thou wedding guest, he prayeth well who loveth well, both man and bird and beast. He prayeth best who loveth best, all things both great and small, for the dear God who loveth us has made and loveth all. The mariner whose eye is bright, whose beard with age is hoar, is gone. And now the wedding guest turned from the bridegroom's door. He went like one that hath been stunned and is of sense forlorn, a sadder and a wiser man. He rose the morrow.
and welcome back. I hope you enjoyed The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by Samuel Taylor Coleridge. If you did, then please consider supporting The Well-Told Tale on Patreon at patreon.com slash thewelltoldtale. There's a link in the description. I'll be back next week with another classic story. I hope you can join me.